Welcome to the Lake City High School Collaboratory, where options turn into opportunities. Uh, for today's episode, I am joined again by Mrs. Amy Alderman, instructor of college prep classes here at Lake City. And we are going to be talking about college applications and really about fit. And I think that this conversation will be really relevant to seniors who are still very much in the weeds of their application process, and also to juniors as they start to think about where they might consider applying next year. Um, so thank you for joining me. Of course. Thanks for having me. Again. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about how students might start to prioritize their preferences and narrow down schools, um, I guess, broadly in during the first stage of the application process, and then also after they might have been accepted by a couple of places. Sure. What are some considerations? Yeah. So what I always tell my kids is this is one of the things that is beautiful about being in America in 2018 is that whatever you want your college experience to be, you can have that. We have so many options um, and it, you really can find whatever you're looking for. The hard part and you know the biggest part of the battle is finding out what you do want, making that decision in terms of what are you looking for in a college. And for a lot of kids, that's a very personal, you know, decision-making process and it's different for each kid. So we talk about in my class um, about things like um, some big basic factors that you can start asking yourself in terms of what are you looking for? For example, um, what size campus is your preference on a large campus that has things that go along with it. Like you're going to be a very small fish in a very big ocean. Mm -hmm. um, your class sizes are probably going to be bigger. Your professors probably won't be as personally invested in you. They may, you know, that stereotype of not even knowing your name that might be more common on a large campus like that. Um, some kids really like being um, more anonymous. Some kids would feel very lost and forgotten in that kind of situation. Large campuses also feel kind of like cities like small cities where some kids really like that hustle and bustle kind of feel and some kids feel like that would be uh, a bit much for mm -hmm. them. On the flip side for a small campus, uh, your class sizes are smaller. Your professors would know you personally um, almost guaranteed. Um, it feels more like a neighborhood rather than a city. Um, you are a bigger fish in a small pond. Mm -hmm. You can say hi to people walking around campus, things like that. For some kids, that gives them that familiarity and that comfort level that would make the transition to college a lot easier. And for some kids, that sounds creepy and <laughs> weird and they don't want that. So it's kind of, again, it's a personal thing in terms of campus size, but that right there can have a lot to do with your success or failure in that college transition. If you even choose that wrong thing that doesn't fit your personality, then that can be really miserable for you. Mm -hmm. And at that point, you're kind of stuck. Mm -hmm. So it's one of those things you can ask yourself in advance, you know, how comfortable am I with that? We've got campuses in the nation that have 50,000 students on them. Right. And we have campuses in the nation with under a thousand and everything in between. Right. So that's one of those first really basic steps you can ask yourself as a, as a student is what am I comfortable with there? Um, we talk about other things like, um, do you want a more energetic campus where there's always something going on, lots of activities, lots of people, lots of stuff, uh, noise, you know, um, energy, or are you more of a chill personality? Would that overwhelm you to have that much mm -hmm. energy around you? Would you feel pressured and obligated to be involved in activities that you might not want to be in? Um, do you prefer a campus that's almost like sleepy? We've got some campuses that are chill to the point of <laughs> being comatose. Um, and they're, they really kind of leave everybody to their own devices and you can kind of do your thing. Um, I always talk to my kids too about um, 
proximity to home, which is kind of an uncomfortable conversation too for a lot of kids to have with their parents. I've got probably, honestly, for me, about half of my kids are about half and half. I've got about half of them that really are the ones that are like, I want to be as far away from home as possible. Mm-hmm. Get me away from Idaho. I want to go have experiences. I want to go see other things. I want to, you know, even study abroad. I want to do things outside my comfort zone. Um, and there are campuses for that. There mm-hmm. are really great schools that are way more affordable than most people think that are not anywhere near Idaho. Right. Um, and I've had kids even go to college in another country, like not for study abroad. They actually apply and get accepted and go to college in a foreign nation abroad. Mm-hmm. So that we, you can get as far away as you want. For the other half of my kids, they're very clear about the fact that they want to stay within driving distance is a phrase mm-hmm. I hear a lot from my kids. I want to have enough space to be able to do my own thing and live my own life. But if I want to get home on the weekends, I want to get home on the weekends and I don't want it to be a plane flight. I want to be able to get in my car and be home within Mm -hmm. the same day. Um, And that's great too. And I respect that. And we've got a lot of really great schools that are right here in our backyard that aren't necessarily in our state, but they're within a drive Mm -hmm. and it's an, it's an easy drive to make, but they're, they're really wonderful schools. And again, very affordable. So um, even a question as simple as that has a lot of, of impact on your choices in terms of college. And then there's the common ones, the do the schools you're interested in have the programs that you want. Right. Um, And a lot of kids maybe haven't nailed down the one thing that they want to be doing, which I always tell my kids is not important. You don't have to have it locked Mm -hmm. in even by your sophomore year of college. don't have to have it locked in, but I always encourage them to have at least a short list of options. Some things they've thought about, I could see myself doing this or this or this. Check and see if the schools that you're looking at have those programs Mm -hmm. because worst case scenario would be you finally make up your mind at the end of your sophomore year at a place that you love to go to school at and you look into that program and that school doesn't offer it. And that's a bad day. So um, (laughs) checking in advance just to make sure they offer what you're thinking about doing would be helpful. And then One of the final ones that we talk about is I have a lot of kids who uh, safety is a major factor for them for a lot of kids. Uh, And it's not just my females, but obviously, especially my gals are more worried about that in some cases where they're going on their own to a school that could be far away. They don't know anyone. Um, They've never lived outside of their own home before. And a lot of them and their parents are really concerned about personal safety. And I always tell my kids every university has to publish their safety records. They have to publish their police reports. It's public record. Um, You can look at those and you can see what kinds of issues are common to deal with on campus. Mm -hmm. And I've had kids that I've sat down with who have realized that, you know, they're choosing between two schools and one of them, their safety records, I mean, they've got a list a mile long of crimes committed and police reports and complaints and citations and all kinds of stuff. And it's kind of overwhelming. And then they're looking at another school and they're dealing with things like bicycle theft. And for a lot of them, that can be the factor that determines it. You know what I mean? At least, at least one of them. So there's a lot of things to think about. And again, it's a lot of, uh, it's a lot of personal preference, a lot of soul searching, and a lot of conversations with uh, with families, too, about what the best fit could be for you. Mm-hmm. And I think just to reiterate a couple of things that you said, uh, and this is something that I know that I brought up in, in a previous podcast, but being able to visit a campus, I oh, think, yeah. is so, so, so important Absolutely. Um, to really start to understand that level of fit and your comfort level with being there. Absolutely. Um, 
large versus small campus, being urban versus suburban versus very rural. I mean, even in major cities, you can have a campus that's completely integrated into the cityscape right. and campuses within that city that are still very much gated off right. and their own community. Right. So to be able to visit, I think, is so important. Yeah. Um, Another thing to mention, just an example of, of investigating if a program or a major is offered. Uh, I think that sometimes we get caught up in idealizing certain places, but um, like there might be places that are more STEM focused than not right. or more liberal arts focused than not. So uh, depending on the potential path that a student might want to go, it's really important to understand, does this school even offer what I want? So if you want to go to law school after undergrad, you might want to ensure that your undergrad program offers potentially a pre-law track. Exactly. Or um, if you are thinking of being a doctor, something in the medical field, would that undergraduate institution offer opportunities for you to do the pre-med track um, and not just, you know, get one major focus? Uh, what are study abroad options? Right. Um is that something that's important to the school? Right. And what I've been telling some seniors who meet with me too is go online and check out the course catalog. Exactly. Read the class exactly. descriptions for what you might be expecting. Usually if you visit a if if you visit a college campus during classes, like when classes are in session, you can often shadow a class. You audit them, yep. yep. Um and that was my deciding factor of right. where I ended up going. And I think that that's um just another opportunity to investigate fit. When I I think a lot of my kids too come in with the assumption that every school offers every degree program right and every school offers study abroad and mm -hmm. every school has a pre-law or pre-med track and that is not accurate schools can offer whatever they like to offer and mm -hmm. like you said it can be in a lot of cases towards a certain direction or right or another but they don't offer everything so mm -hmm. if, even if you want to go into a, a degree that most schools offer like business not all of them do not right. not every single one so looking into that and just making sure that it's available mm -hmm. if you're even thinking about doing it so that if you do choose it, you know you're in the right place. Right. And another component, too, of those college visits or discussions with colleges could be with their career services. Right. So what is the job placement after you graduate? Exactly. Uh, what is the likelihood of getting into a master's degree that you want based on the program that you're looking at? Right. So do these you are offer all... internships? Do exactly. you place kids in volunteer situations? Mm -hmm. yeah. And what is the support from faculty advisors exactly. or professional advisors or other people on campus? Exactly. Yeah, all definitely things to consider. So what else do you have for us? Um, well, one of the things we talk about too, a lot of us, uh, a lot of the times our conversations are really basic ones too, in terms of um, the different kinds of colleges that we offer as a nation, like private versus public. Mm -hmm. A lot of my kids have heard those phrases before, but they don't necessarily know what they mean or what the connotations are for each one of those. Um, it really boils down to the difference in, in those is funding. Um, public schools are funded by their state in a lot mm -hmm. of cases and sometimes uh, other governments uh, as well on a local or federal level. And that means that they can keep the costs lower mm -hmm. um, because they do receive outside funding, which is usually we call those state schools. I tell my kids basically anything with like a state or a university in it. Mm -hmm. um, Idaho State, the University of Michigan, um, Florida State. Those are all public state schools that are funded by the government and they are usually cheaper. And those are the schools that usually do tuition based on in-state versus out-of-state. Mm -hmm. They offer almost a discount for kids who are in those states to go there. So mm -hmm. it's a lower tuition for students who are residents of those states. Um, they're usually going to be larger in size, usually going to be larger in class size as well. 
um, usually going to have multiple housing options, things like that. Um, and those would be the schools too, that in a lot of cases have a Greek system if mm -hmm. kids are interested in those. Um, they offer, you know, programs like intramurals and all of that. Private schools are not funded by an outside source. They're funded by uh, interior sources like alumni and mm -hmm. like student tuition, which is why <laughs> tuition is higher at those institutions. Um, they also don't differentiate between in-state and out-of-state because they don't care whether you're from around the block or around the world. You're right. paying the same tuition for those. Um, those are the ones that are going to be probably a little bit smaller. Class sizes are probably smaller. These are all generic things and they can always be different on a case-by-case -case basis, but generally speaking, um, those are going to be those smaller schools too. Um, some kids have a preference for religiously affiliated schools, for example, and some would prefer to not. Mm -hmm. um, some don't necessarily care one way or the other, but you can you can choose those. We've got schools that are religiously affiliated towards a variety of religious institutions. We've got Jesuit institutions. We've got, um, you know, Protestant church affiliated with the Presbyterians or the mm -hmm. Lutherans or, you know what I mean? You can kind of choose which one is is right for you that way. Um, and I do always talk to my kids, like, like you were saying too, about, uh, I call it vibe, which mm -hmm. um, is that feel that you get from a campus. And we go on campus visits in college prep. Um, we do uh, at least two each semester and we go on a field trip to nearby universities and we walk around and I tell them in advance, like, you know, pay attention to the vibe. And a lot of times they don't get it. They say like, what, what does that even mean? Right. Vibe? And I say, no, 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 just, just check. Uh -huh. and, then, and then we'll talk after and we'll see. And then afterwards I say, did you feel the vibe? And all of them go, yes, because a lot of times you just feel a way when you get on a campus. Do you feel comfortable there? Can you picture yourself walking around these paths? Mm -hmm. Can you see yourself walking into these buildings and taking classes there? Can you see yourself eating in this dining hall? And for almost every single one of my kids, they get a very clear yes or no vibe yep. from that school that we go to. Either, oh yes, this is comfy. This is awesome. I feel really, I like the, I like the look of it. I like the feel of it. I can picture myself here. And for some kids, when we go to certain campuses, they're like, no, mm -hmm. I don't know why, but I feel weird on this yeah. campus. And I always tell them, good. That's a good thing. That's exactly what I'm talking about with vibe. You need to right. be in a place where you're going to feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. And for a lot of kids, especially if they're looking at schools that are far away, that vibe aspect of, you know, shoes on the ground can be hard mm -hmm. because they can't afford to get a plane flight, you know, to a far away school multiple times to go walk around and feel the vibe. Like that's not right. financially feasible, which is why I always tell them too, once you check out schools websites, a lot of them have virtual tours where you can click on it. And it's literally a video of one of their students saying, hi, I'm Carly. I'm going to show you around the University <laughs> of Michigan today. And they just walk around and you can see it. And they describe to you what the buildings are. And you can see the landscape and you can see the dorm rooms and the dining halls. Right. And even if you can't physically be there, that's the next best thing. Mm -hmm. And it's better than nothing. Mm -hmm. And even then, a lot of times you'll be watching the video and go, Ugh, I don't I don't care for this at all. Or you'll go, oh, yeah, right. This is my jam right here. So the the vibe thing I mm -hmm. think is really important. Totally. Yeah. I completely agree. One more thing to add about private versus public, and I'm sure you hear this a lot with college prep, students are often um, completely turned off to even applying to a school based on the price. Oh, absolutely. But so often a lot of private schools might have a lot more money to give exactly. because they aren't federal or state funded. Right. Um, so not allowing yourself to be deterred by that sticker price of a college because it, it will likely never be that. Right. Um, there are so many oppor opportunities for um, inside and outside scholarships at that institution. And then another thing to mention about public, um, even if they're outside of the state of Idaho, 
There's what's called the WUI, the Western Undergraduate Exchange. 16 states participate that in the West. And most public institutions take a part in that type of scholarship, which, you know, it looks different at every single school, but that could be a scholarship that might make the tuition look very close to in-state. Exactly. So being able to consider schools outside of Idaho should um, absolutely be a priority too. Absolutely. And not just look at the sticker. Well, I and we call it sticker shock. Yep. We yep. talk about that a lot. And one of the things that's the hardest thing to get around for a lot of my kids is I always tell them, let's worry about fit mm-hmm. first. And I tell them, I know it's hard, but try and ignore the sticker price. Don't even look at it for a second because we can work with that. We can work and make that number lower through a lot of different ways. Mm -hmm. And we're going to talk about those. So just don't look at the number right now. Let's try to find a school that is right for you. Then we can modify that number. What we can't modify is you being in a school that you want to be at. You can't make yourself be comfortable in an uncomfortable school, Mm -hmm. but we can make that price tag lower for you. Right. And we work on that in college prep too. We do all kinds of scholarship stuff and there is the wooey um, and private schools do a lot of times offer way more Mm -hmm. um, financial assistance than public schools do. We've got a private school in our area that offers a $10,000 scholarship just for being admitted to the school. Wow. Just sight unseen based yep. on paperwork. So, yep. I, and I tell them that and they kind of go, okay, all right. Because mm-hmm. I think fit is way more important than price tag because one of them you have control over and the other right. one you don't. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So what else do we have? Um, let's see. One of the things I make sure that we go over is the fact that once you are interested in schools, Mm -hmm. there is, uh, there's no harm in applying. And that's kind of what I tell everybody too, is, um, it's worth it to apply and just see if, it's even, uh, you know, available on your list. And that application process um, in a nutshell is I make sure that my kids are aware that it's not just the online application. A lot of kids fill out the online application and think, great, I've applied. But a lot of times there's there's more than mm-hmm. that. Um, you need to send in your test scores and you send in your transcripts. A lot of schools require uh, supplementals. In some cases, those are essays. In some cases, they're evidence of volunteer work. Um, it depends on the school and what they're looking for. But once you submit your entire packet, your application packet, packet of materials, then that school will um, start to consider your applications. What I always tell my kids is ideally what we're looking at is once you apply to multiple places, and I usually tell them to have a short list of between three and five schools that you apply to. You don't want to apply to 50 because that's not a realistic list to work from in terms of making a decision. But you also don't want to put all your eggs in one basket and apply to one school Mm -hmm. and then have no plan B at all. So a short list of schools is always great. And then ideally what would happen is they'd all send their letters back to you. You would then be able to sit down with your folks, get all of your letters out, say, okay, here's where where my options are. Here's where I've been accepted to. Here's where each one is going to be in terms of offering me financial assistance right off the bat without me doing anything on my own yet, which Mm -hmm. I can always do later. But here's what we're looking at. And then what place is right for us, for me and my family and what do we think is going to be the the best option for me. Um, But all of these things are really great kind of brainstorming moments. These are great for my seniors where they're at right now. And then also I I teach a junior section in the spring and this is exactly where we start with this is more Mm -hmm. of the brainstorming. Sit down and talk with your parents, sit down and talk with your, with the people that you trust that know you well, where do you feel like you would be most comfortable? And then let's start looking for schools that fit you rather than starting from a different motivating factor like price, like 
oh, I think I can only go to Idaho schools. I've got a lot of kids whose eyes are opened very early mm-hmm. in their semesters with me where I say, but right, but what if we thought bigger than that? Yeah. What if we thought about not location? What if we thought about not price? What if we thought about just finding a school that you feel like you would be most successful at? Mm-hmm. And let's start there. And like I said, whatever you feel like that looks like for you, it can be found. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. One thing also to add to uh, the financial thing, I forgot to mention this earlier when we were talking about private schools, but financial aid packages with private schools are negotiable. Mm-hmm. Every single institution, when when students and parents fill out the FAFSA, the federal aid is the same regardless of where you might apply. But for private schools that might take monies out of their endowment, that stuff is negotiable. So when um, students are considering these financial aid things and looking at which part of their application needs some tweaking or um, how to really compare schools that they've been accepted to, I I think this is something that's important to remember that that financial aid package, if you've applied to some private schools, is negotiable entirely. And you can always go back to the financial aid office that is specific university or college and say, hey, this is something that I received from a different college. Would you be able to meet me somewhere there? Um, I really want to go to your school. This isn't realistic funding wise. So what can you do for me? And and that happens more often than than we think. You bet. And that's one of those things too, where finances can come after your decision. Exactly. The decision is kind of the most important thing, in, yep. you know, in my opinion. And then finances can always be yep. negotiated and tweaked and you can find what works for you and we can make that number lower. But mm-hmm. finding a good school is, is the bigger part of yep. the decision-making process there for sure. Yep. And then, um, so senior year, a lot of students are just thinking about different deadlines and things. Mm-hmm. What can juniors mm-hmm. be thinking about right now? Sure. So juniors, I think the, the bulk of the junior um, decision-making process right now is that brainstorming portion mm-hmm. of the program. There's okay. nothing, honestly, physically for them to do right now. Mm-hmm. And this is the time for them to be exploring. This is the time for them to be going on college visits if they mm-hmm. can physically go. This is the time to be looking at online tours, um, meeting with representatives through the college and career office, talking mm-hmm. to them about what opportunities are available at each place. Um, Speaking with somebody firsthand is invaluable. Um, Emails are great, you know what I mean, and trying to find information that way. But we offer so many opportunities to speak with representatives through the college and career office Mm -hmm. that it's so nice to be able to meet with somebody who knows that school well Mm -hmm. and talk with somebody face to face and say, here's what I'm interested in. Here's what my priorities are. Here's what my needs and desires are. Do you offer anything like that? What can we we do with this school? And that's where juniors are at. My seniors are a little more under the gun in terms Mm -hmm. of deadlines. Now is the time to actually be doing action um, and getting things done. Most um, early deadlines for schools are right about, sorry, now, (laughs) Um, usually around November, December is when all of the early deadlines are happening. And then um, the general deadlines for applications for seniors are usually somewhere around February, Mm -hmm. March-ish. All of the big scholarships come out, especially locally around March, April. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot more scholarship opportunities there. And then they're usually do by the end of the school year. So um, seniors should start um, getting their award letters back. I mean, if they do early deadlines, they could get them back before Christmas break. Right. And that's what I always tell my seniors to shoot for. And that's what we do in my classes. My seniors have already applied. Um, They've already, uh, many of them have already gotten their award letters back and they know exactly where they're going. And we kind of say like, isn't that 
the the goal here is right. kind of ideal to be going into the holidays of your senior year and not have that stress of where do I go? When are my deadlines? You're already set. Mm -hmm. You already got it. You know where you're going. You and your family are way more stress-free and way more secure in what's happening in your future. Right. If you can get it done as early as possible. Plus those early deadlines give you more access to cool stuff like money, right. like um, <laughs> your first choice of housing options and things like that. The earlier you can apply, the better. Um, so if seniors haven't gone through this thought process yet, or they're just going through it and they haven't done the actual applications yet, it's not like panic time yet, yet, <laughs> but it is the time to start thinking about this a lot more seriously and right. not as, you know, mystical, magical, let's, you know, discover things about myself. Mm -hmm. We're kind of past that now. Right. Uh, and it's time to start to get down to the nitty gritty for seniors. Right. Yeah. Awesome. This has been so helpful. Yay. Thank you so much for joining me. <laughs> Thank you for having me.